I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This Day in Crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad-free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm Todd McComas, son of Danny. If this was the year 845 and we were all Vikings, that's how I'd have to introduce myself. I'd also have to scream it really loud for you to have any chance of hearing me. But thankfully, we're not Vikings, it's not the year 845, and we have Bluetooth. We also have civilized laws, and people are out there breaking them. So let's hand this ship over to Eric Quintana, son of Enrique. I don't think they're of Nordic descent. A what-would-you-do moment. Anger management is important. Another of America's worst teachers. Frozen friends. And the Green River serial killer. All this and more coming up next on This Day in Crime. What's up, everybody? My name is Eric Quintana, and today is January 24th, 2024. Maybe I'm aging myself, but do you ever remember flipping through the TV channels back in the day, maybe on like a boring Friday night, and coming across the great John Quinones? He used to host a show called What Would You Do? And essentially, it televised people's reactions to things that could happen in everyday life. Moments of extreme rudeness, moments of violence, moments of hate all in an attempt to see what an ordinary person would do in those situations. And the question that was always asked of the audience was, what would you do? Well, for the good Samaritans of this story, I gotta wonder if what they thought they were witnessing was real. In the parking lot of a laundromat, two women happened to notice a teenage girl scared in a parked car in Long Beach, California. The two women passing by could tell that something was wrong. Inside the laundromat, a man was washing his clothes, and the two women had figured this man had something to do with what was going on with the girl. At one point, one of the women told the man that a nearby restaurant was opening up soon, apparently a lie, but that gave the victim just enough time to scribble help me in red ink on a note seen by another passerby, and eventually the police were called. Turns out the young girl had been kidnapped, and the perpetrator who had held this young girl captive for three days was the man inside the laundromat. That Texas man responsible will now be going to prison after pleading guilty to kidnapping the 13-year-old girl. The girl was kidnapped at gunpoint last July in San Antonio by 62-year-old Steven Sablon at a bus stop. The perpetrator then drove her almost 1,400 miles to California. He also admitted to sexually assaulting her multiple times. At the time of the arrest, it was discovered that the firearm he was using to threaten his victim was a replica and not real. He was eventually booked for kidnapping, lewd and lascivious acts with a child, and fugitive from justice. Sablon will face a mandatory 20 years in prison. Gotta give it up for the normal, everyday people that helped this victim escape the clutches of this man. John Quinones would undoubtedly be proud. 
Managing our anger is very important in everyday life. It's good that we don't submit to the rage we feel when someone cuts us off. It's good we don't get mad at the lady with a thousand coupons that ends up paying 43 cents for like 85 boxes of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's good to manage your anger in those moments. Anyway, I bring all this up to tell you about a Florida man. Travis McBride went looking for a man named Clinton Dorsey one night, incredibly angry. He happened to knock on the door of one of his neighbors, stating he was looking for Clinton. In that exchange with the neighbor, he claimed Clinton had hurt his dog and stated to the neighbor that he was going to kill him or that he planned to kill him. The neighbor couldn't remember which. About eight hours after this interaction, this same neighbor heard eight or nine gunshots and allegedly saw McBride shoot Dorsey. McBride followed up with the neighbor the next morning and threatened her against letting the police know what had happened. That same morning, police got a bunch of 911 calls about the scene. McBride was apparently cleaning up the blood and was lugging a body across the road and stuffing it into his car before eventually leaving. Travis McBride was eventually arrested and charged with first-degree premeditated murder. It feels like Travis should have had the tools and mental ability to deal with this in a different way. Turns out he's actually a therapist who specializes in anger management. Imagine being one of his patients and hearing about this story. I can only imagine the shock. I mean, he's not just a Florida man, but also a Florida anger management therapist. Look, you can sit there and think that joke was dumb, but that, that, that was high quality humor right there. I feel like it's going to be my job to tell you all about the worst teachers in America. Well, I guess former teachers. It's the third one in three weeks, at least for me. The major plot twist in the story is that this former molder of young minds was once featured on Good Morning America. Heather Hare was surprised back in 2020 on Good Morning America by students saying goodbye as her home economics class was discontinued for distance learning during the pandemic. But last April, everyone was surprised when she was arrested after a 17-year-old student came forward and reported that he and Mrs. Hare had an inappropriate relationship and she's now pleading guilty to having sex with a high school student up to 30 times. This all began on the first day of the victim's senior year of high school. Hare, a mother and a wife, began having one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions with the 17-year-old, eventually giving him her personal phone number, Instagram, Snapchat, all of it. Mrs. Hare told the victim at one point that she had dreams of them having sex. It was discovered that the inappropriate behaviors then took place at a residence, in her vehicle, in her classroom, the parking lots of the school. It also took place on a school trip to Washington, D.C. She eventually pleaded guilty to all of this, and as a part of her plea deal, it was agreed that she'd spend 13 years in prison. The judge, however, did not accept the plea deal right away, saying that he'd come to a decision by the sentencing hearing. If the judge turns down the plea, the case would likely go to trial, which opens up the possibility of her receiving a life sentence for the crimes. I'm at the point now where I'm thinking, yeah, let's make an example out of all of them and throw them all in prison for life. But that's just me. Here's a riddle for you. What does our show and recovering alcoholics have in common? We both have sponsors. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. 
Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Have you heard of the woman who went missing in Florida back in early November? If not, let's catch you up. Nicole Baldwin went missing back on November 2nd and was last seen at her Florida home. And that's all we really know so far. Easy catch up. Of course, the first suspect is always going to be the person or people inside the house. In this case, her husband. Back in December, authorities seized the phone of Brett Baldwin and they found some interesting material. I don't know if it has anything to do with the disappearance, but Brett was subsequently arrested and is now facing charges of child pornography. In another twist, the police department handling the case confirmed it is now searching the home of Terry Rogers, a woman who has spent time organizing searches for Nicole despite saying she doesn't know Nicole. The police department also searched her phone and computers at the residence. The idea is likely that the police think she's withholding evidence. Terry has said that this case is personal for her because she has a niece who's been missing since June. But that doesn't make so much sense because instead of looking for your niece, you go and organize searches for someone you don't even know. I don't know. This is unfortunately all we know so far, but believe me, when we find out more, you'll know as well. The true crime nerd in me is just wondering when we find out the husband and this woman were having an affair. It's just gotta be a matter of time, right? Imagine you're watching playoff football with your three friends. Everyone leaves for the night, then you go to bed. Two days later, police come to your house asking about your three friends, and turns out, they're in your backyard frozen to death. That is apparently the reality for Jordan Willis. He and his three buds were watching the Kansas City Chiefs take on the LA Chargers on January 7th. On January 9th, police came knocking and found his three friends frozen to death in the backyard. Jordan claims he had no idea their bodies had been back there for two days. He also did not find it odd that his friends had left their cars outside his house for the same amount of time. 
Friends of the deceased trio seemed to be pointing the finger at Jordan, saying he knew people were looking for the three men, he'd seen the social media posts, and that people had even come over to his house, banging doors and breaking windows to get Willis's attention. Everyone's waiting for the autopsy and toxicology reports to come out, and I'll just be sitting here patiently waiting with them because I'm so curious how this turns out. Either someone's lying, or a bunch of worried friends and family are going to be more confused about what happened. Hopefully we get some concrete answers, but as always, when we know, you'll know. If you've ever heard of the Green River serial killer, you know what a monster this man is. In the 80s and 90s, Gary Ridgway preyed on vulnerable girls and young women of the Seattle area. Sex workers and runaways seemed to be his primary targets. His first victims were found back in 1982, but he wasn't arrested until 2001, amassing a long list of victims in the process. He's since pleaded guilty to 48 counts of aggravated murder in the first degree. That number is very likely going to get bigger, and that's because authorities announced this week that the remains of the 49th victim linked to the Green River Killer have been found in Washington State. The remains were that of 16-year-old Tammy Lyles. They were able to identify her by matching dental records found near Tigard, Oregon, and matching a second set of her remains in King County, Washington in 2003, as in two different sets of remains of hers were found in two different places. This is the last known set of remains linked to the Green River serial killer, but officials are also saying that there are other unsolved cases that could be connected to Gary Ridgway. I truly hope that anyone else who might be searching for loved ones who disappeared at the hands of this monster find the closure and peace they're looking for. And in our last story of the day, we've got more body parts and fridges. Around 6.15 a.m. Monday, police showed up to the fourth floor unit of a Flatbush, New York apartment complex. They were there because someone had tipped them off about a possible body being stored there. The officers came across a refrigerator that was taped shut. Turns out it was taped shut so that the odor of what was inside wouldn't escape. What police found inside was a severed head and some limbs. What it turns out they really had was a whole body. The woman who was living inside was taken into custody on larceny charges, which, what the heck, why would you not just arrest her for the dead cut up body she has in the fridge? She eventually wound up in the hospital because she was feeling ill. And because she's still in the hospital, police have not been able to speak with her as of yet. Very curious that this woman suddenly becomes ill when the police want to talk to her. Oldest trick in the book. Alright, that wraps it up for me today. Tune in tomorrow with Laura Benson as she gets you caught up on all the Thursday headlines. This Day in Crime is a production of Tenderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Sources for today's episode and full credits can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. We're back at it tomorrow. Thanks for listening.